Tonight, big news from Alberta. It's February 9th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Hey, did you see Trudeau in Parliament the other day? It wasn't making much sense. We need restrictions to avoid restrictions or something? Here, here's what he said. I think one of the things uh, we all understand is just how frustrated everyone is. Um, we're all frustrated. We're all sick and tired of restrictions, of, of mandates, of having to, to make sacrifices, of not being able to do the things we love. Uh, it's been two years and it's, and it's really, really tiring for all of us. This government has been focused every step of the way on following the best science, following the best public health advice to keep as many people safe as possible. And quite frankly, it's worked. We've seen uh, the curves uh, lower in Canada than elsewhere. We've seen lower death rates. We've seen quicker economic recovery because, because Canadians stepped up, because Canadians got vaccinated. And I can understand frustrations with mandates, but mandates are the way to avoid further restrictions or having to be restricted. I don't really know what it means either. His Quebec lieutenant, uh, lieutenant, I guess we say, uh, quit over his uh, mandates and his extreme smearing of the protesters. I can't help but notice with regret that both the tone and the policies of my government changed drastically on the eve and during the last election campaign. From a positive and unifying approach, a decision was made to wedge, to divide, and to stigmatize. I fear that this politicization of the pandemic risks undermining the public's trust in our public health institutions. Well, I'm Trudeau. I'm shocked that Trudeau didn't call that MP racist, as he uh, usually does. Uh, so that's Trudeau. But really, how different is that from Jason Kenney, the Premier of Alberta? Kenney had a hastily scheduled press conference last night in direct response to the two-week blockade at the Alberta-Montana border in the little village of Coots, Alberta. Uh, just to recap, Coots is a, is a, is a village right on the border. Um, there are a few hundred truckers that are blocking the border right now, and they've been reinforced uh, from time to time with farmers, which I think shows a lot of local support. Here's some video, if you forgot, from early on, when the RCMP thought they would just walk up to these big truckers and the truckers would, would what, just bundle themselves into police cars or something, cry or something, I don't know what, but the truckers didn't move and it was the RCMP who retreated. Now, I'm not one for lawlessness, really, but I'm not sure how lawful any of the lockdown is, really. I should tell you, none of these lockdown laws were passed in Parliament or a provincial legislature. They're issued as emergency edicts by unelected bureaucrats, often not even cabinet ministers, just some official we never heard of before, enjoying two years of an emergency. Soon we're going to be in the third year of an emergency. Next month, we'll be entering the third year of the emergency. That's what the communists always say. They say it's a permanent revolution because they have to keep having enemies to attack. They have to keep having an excuse for why they're tyrants. We just have to be during the emergency. Is it really still an emergency? Anyways, the truckers simply won't move. And as Robert Peel's principles of policing could have predicted, Nearly 200 years ago, if you don't have the consent of the people, police, well, police can't do the jobs. You'll still be able to pick off the odd person if they protest only one at a time. Like Adam Skelly's barbecue place in Toronto, remember in those early days? He was the one courageous man in the city of millions. So 100 riot police and even some riot horses were deployed. Shock and awe, they crushed him. But uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to work out in the Bald Prairie, four hours away from the big city of Calgary, uh, where the cops are outnumbered and the locals have bigger gear. Um, you really need moral authority to make an arrest. You want the people around you to 
if they do anything, help the cops. Um, but uh, these protesters just simply feel that the, the law is not just. And they don't feel the moral pressure of police that Adam Skelly might feel. Unless the police are literally going to start shooting people, God forbid. There's simply no way to get those big men into a police car, not with that number of them and the local support they have. The locals do support them. In fact, the locals are mad at the RCMP, who've built a sort of siege wall around the truckers. It's the RCMP who are blocking people in coots and inconveniencing them. Um, do you know how the neighbors feel about this blockade? I think most of them are for it. Some of the older ones are not. And there's a lady that lives down the street that has not been able to get her health care nurse down here because oh. the cops won't let her through. Wow. So, so it's the cops. It's not the blockade it's itself. It's not the truckers. I don't think it's the truckers at all. They've been respectful, humble, peaceful, and I'm glad they're here. Cops are from out of town. They're not from. They're not from Coots. They don't know the lay of the land. You know, I I don't know how old you are, but I grew up in the seventies and eighties, and I, I remember that old shoe called the Dukes of Hazard, where them Duke boys kept outrunning and outthinking and outscheming the hapless, politicized cops working for Boss Hog. That's what this all feels like a bit. I'm not the only one who feels that way. Here's the local MLA, a Jason Kenny backbencher named Grant Hunter, who finally popped up in the media on our channel of all places last night. He was standing in that restaurant, that bar, with the truckers. Take a look. For uh, those in our audience who might not know, who are you? Could you introduce yourself? I'm, I'm Grant Hunter. I'm the MLA for the area, uh, Tabor Warner. All right, and uh, just some quick questions here. Uh, Jason Kenny said that there were no negotiations between MLAs and the truckers. Is that true? That's absolutely true. Okay. Yeah, uh, no, I'm just the MLA here. I came to make sure that everybody's healthy and strong and that they're keeping the law. That's what I'm here for. Uh, as well, and uh, so I guess that kind of answered my second question, uh, but what is the message you want to send by being here? Well, I just want to make sure that, that this is a peaceful protest. I mean, they have inspired nations, the world really, uh, by what's going on here, what's going over, what's happening in uh, Ottawa. So, um, you know, this isn't about politicians. In fact, politicians right now are really incidental. This is a movement of the people. And as it continues to grow, politicians are going to have to get on board. The truth, that's the reality. So um, the message is uh, thank you very much for inspiring people to fight for their freedoms and liberties. I think that that's absolutely critical and important for our children, my children and my grandchildren. Uh, and Jason Kenny just announced there might be an end to certain restrictions, including the restriction exemption program. Uh, but I think a lot of people might have that question where, why should we trust him now when we've heard before that this is going to end, this is going to end? Why do we believe him now? Well, time always tells, right? At uh, 12.01 tonight, you'll know if that's true or not. If the REP program comes off, you know it's true. And uh, my last question for you there, uh, we're on day 12 of this blockade here. Uh, why is it that you've shown up today and why not previously? I was here actually before. I've been here three times so far. Three times now. Yeah, so that's okay. Um, actually, on Saturday when it started, I actually came down with my, my grandchildren and some of my family. I got beat up in the, uh, the other media outlets um, for coming down. But uh, all I said was, I am here because I really believe in the importance of freedom and liberty for my children and grandchildren. And I think it's important for them to understand how important it is to stand up for that freedom. So Grant Hunter has been down to visit the truckers three or four times now, including one time with his family, he says. He finds the truckers inspiring, he says. Politicians should learn from them, he says. He wants to make sure these truckers are doing fine, that they're staying healthy, I think he said. And why was he there when he was there? Well, that's what's so interesting. He was there with the blockading truckers precisely when Jason Kenney was making his announcement in response to the truckers. Imagine that. It couldn't be more symbolic. This rural MLA, I checked, he got 78% of the vote last time. He knows how to read the ground in Tabor Warner. Jason Kenney's about, I don't know, 20% in the polls. The party is going to lose with him. Sorry to tell you that. And those truckers, I mean, just look at them. 
and the farmers who are coming in too, do you doubt that every single one of them voted for the United Conservative Party, the UCP, and for Kenny and for Hunter last time? And do you, do you doubt that every single one of them are going to vote against Kenny this next time? And Hunter, if he's backing Kenny, he's going to get voted out too. You don't have to be a genius to figure out that Jason Kenny has lost his moral authority to govern. I'm surprised there hasn't been a confidence vote taken. Uh, I think he'd lose. Maybe it's because the UCP party is having its convention in exactly two months, uh, April 9th, I think, and they'll take a care of business there. So maybe that's why they're not doing it now. Kenny is going to lose, whether he loses at the convention or in the general election, he's going to lose. Um, but I think if he does, he will be well-suited to be a very highly paid Canadian vice president for Pfizer. I mean, what do you think of this marketing whiz? I think it's quite likely that uh, for the rest of our lives, we're probably going to need to take an annual uh, COVID shot, much like the annual flu shot. Every year, as you know, there's a slightly modified um, uh, flu vaccine that is made available, and that is quite possible uh, for COVID. Are we, are we then going to attach this? Is this going to become a permanent feature of our lives? Got it. Annual boosters forever. Yeah, that sells well in Alberta. <laughs> oh, my God. Just to backtrack for a second. So Kenny called this emergency press conference precisely because of the truckers. He had originally said he might relax his vaccine passport in March. Then he said maybe the end of February. These truckers panicked him. He was worried he was going to get the Aaron O'Toole treatment. But he wanted to be really, really clear his panicky press conference had nothing to do with the truckers. Uh, as I've said consistently, we welcome uh, free, uh, the freedom of people to protest lawfully and peacefully. Uh, but this is not a lawful protest. Uh, this and other road blockages constitute a, a safety hazard, uh, a serious interference in the, the lives of others. It does economic damage, in this case particularly for ranchers, uh, farmers, and uh, agri-food producers. Um, I would point out to those involved in the blockade, I think there are about 38 trucks, uh, um, I should say semi-trucks, at the Coots Border Crossing itself. Really, a, f a few trucks, 30, 38 trucks, is that right? Do you believe that? Um, do you think... He thinks we believe that? How pitiful. They're, 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 they're totally not on, on his mind at all. You can definitely believe him on that. Um, and it's April 9th. His April 9th leadership review, that's totally, he's totally not, not thinking about that at all, people. But he was pretty tricky about it. He's a bit of a trickster. The truckers want an end to all the lockdown laws, all the mandates, all of it. And to end the vaccine mandate in particular, that means forced vaccines. And indeed, Kenny said he was going to end the provincial vaccine passport which he laughably calls the restriction exemption pass. Today, the COVID cabinet committee has approved a number of uh, measures that are constitute a careful and prudent plan to remove Alberta's public health restrictions and move on from a widespread pandemic response to get our lives back to normal. Or whatever. But what a slippery trickster. He is keeping the entire biomedical security state infrastructure underneath it, the, the database, the QR codes, because he was quite explicit about this. He will support any business that wants to bring in their own vaccine passport, presumably any city also. He's fine with it. Listen. Business chooses to have um, a, a policy of that nature, then um, that may, may, may appeal to a certain kind of customer and it may turn away other kinds of customers. That's a commercial decision. At the end of the day, um, I would love it if we could move away from all of this uh, and uh, and no longer have to produce the QR codes. Uh, that could get us past the problem you've raised. Really? Just You're just fine with anyone discriminating, de demanding health information and then discriminating based on it, really? That's not what he said before. But he is becoming a bit of a liar, isn't he? Because of concerns I had around privacy rights. All I know is this, that it's illegal based on the Privacy Act. So Kenny says there is no public health reason anymore for vaccine passports. I don't think there ever was. 
uh, I presume that so-called public health emergency was, you know, that, why he was permitting that kind of discrimination. But now he's saying the vaccine passport is over, the emergency's over. Well, he's, he's not actually saying the emergency's over. The province is still in a legal state of emergency, and he could still renege on this immediately, like, for example, April 10th, if he wins his leadership vote. But my, my point is he's pretending we're going back to the before times, except for now he's permitting discrimination that was illegal during the before times. A few minutes later, though, Kenny seemed to remember that, and he said this. Treating fellow people as though they are somehow unclean? Listen, I've been amply clear that I think everybody should avail themselves of the protection of safe and effective vaccines, and that the choice not to get vaccinated is not just a personal choice. It does have social consequences, but it's never okay to treat people like that, to stigmatize people in that way. In a, in a way, it kind of reminds me of the uh, attitudes that circulated in North America in the mid-1980s about people with HIV AIDS. That's actually an apt comparison, not, not comparing the two diseases, but comparing the segregation, the demonization, the violation of privacy, the hatred. So yeah, I think it was an apt comparison, but I, but I guess he forgot that he just approved that discrimination and invasion of privacy just five minutes earlier. And he will continue to provide the QR code and the surveillance database so that any bartender, any restaurant, any storekeeper can discriminate like that. No problem. And he will continue to force vaccines on government staff. That's not over either. Every nurse, every paramedic, they're all still fired. So what exactly changed last night? I'm not quite sure. The truckers at the border are unconvinced too. They, they blocked the road last night again after hearing from Kenny. So what now? Well, earlier today, the police said they're going to start issuing tickets or charges of some sort. So take a look. Set aside that is being uh, accessed now to move the protest from the illegal protest here where they can legally protest up there. So our hope is that uh, we can get this moving along to open up this road today. And part of that is going to be that we're looking at uh, an enforcement perspective. We certainly want people to leave on their own. That is our hope. A lot of these tractor trailers and tractors behind us are difficult to move. So uh, having them go on their free will and under their own power is much easier than leaving them or that sort of thing. That's not an option at this point. Well, fair enough. That'll be an interesting one to prosecute. Who parked which truck where and when? And are you sure, beyond a reasonable doubt, as they say in court, are you sure it wasn't his brother? It, it was dark out, and they both have beards and dress in coveralls. You sure it was him and not him who parked that truck and not that truck? Really? Imagine trying to prosecute that. 500 men. That is a lot of prosecutors. That is a lot of courthouses, a lot of jails you're going to have to build. I, I suppose it could happen. I'm not sure if Kenny will be around uh, long enough to see it. I mean, it is true that the government prosecuted farmers for selling their own wheat a generation ago in violation of the Canadian Wheat Board. I, I think the reverberation of that political punishment continues to this day. By the way, it was at that same border between Alberta and the United States. Uh, so yeah, a lying, flip-flopping, nervous, intellectually incoherent premier at around 20% in the polls who will likely be thrown out by his own party if they have any sense of a survival instinct or literally thousands of truckers and farmers standing up to these unscientific, illiberal, absurd health edicts. Those are basically your choices right now. Now, it's tough to say you support civil disobedience. It's tough. This feels like a general strike in a way, but... Unlike Canada's last general strike in Winnipeg almost exactly a century ago, this one isn't a communist general strike. It's actually pretty anti-communist when you get down to it, which is why we believe in telling the other side of the story about it so forcefully. So the only news you're getting isn't from the CBC state broadcaster, and which is why we're crowdfunding lawyers for these men. My thinking on that is if Omar Khadr the al-Qaeda terrorist and war criminal, can get a free lawyer, then these salt-of-the-earth Canadian patriots can too. 
We're helping them crowdfund lawyers at truckerlawyer.ca. Feel free to chip in if you agree with me on that. Say, if you had to guess, who's going to be the next premier of Alberta? Is, is it going to be Jason Kenney who's going to win next time? Will it be Rachel Notley? Will it be Brian Jean? Or maybe hmm, someone with the trucker party? Stay with us for more. Hello to all of you who love freedom in the world. This message today goes out to all the Canadians, especially the Canadian truckers. I am so very proud of you. I applaud your bravery and your determination to stand up for freedom, democracy and the rule of law. You have given hope to so many people in the world. You have shown the world that this small fringe minority is not all that small after all. More importantly, you demonstrated how to deal with an ever-increasing governmental overreach. This is not something you put up with. No, this is something you need to shut down. Welcome back. Well, you might remember a few months ago, one of the most passionate calls for freedom and rejection of the biomedical security state was a member of the European Parliament from Germany. Christine Anderson was her name, her party, the Alternative for Deutschland. Well, she spoke out again talking about Canadian truckers as an inspiration for freedom around the world. And I thought, well, we've got to talk to her again. And so we are. She joins us now via Skype from Brussels, Belgium. Well, Mrs. Anderson, thank you very much for being here today. I'm very grateful to you uh, for your time what does it look like to look at the trucker rebellion in Canada from overseas? I guess my first question is, how is it being reported in the European media? Well, um, first of all, it looks fantastic. Uh, it's uh, it's just it's incredible what uh, what is going on right now. And I think um, you know, the, especially the Canadian truckers, um, they actually really did give hope to a lot of people around the world. And that's what we desperately needed. Because I will have to say, it is simply not enough for just a handful of politicians uh, to stand up and raise their uh, their voices against this whole COVID madness. Um, this is not enough. We need the people taking to the streets and voicing their opinions um, and they need to show the people, no, you are not alone if you have qualms or if you're in, in fear of government. There is so many others. And uh, that's why I think it was so fantastic and it was absolutely needed. The signal being, you know, going out to the world, you are not alone if you don't think that this COVID, uh, these COVID restrictions are um, something entirely different, but it's not about public health. You know, you're so right. The pandemic has been a lonely time for so many people. It's been one of the tools of the lockdown, banning us from gathering, banning us, and even if we're gathering, banning us from seeing each other's faces uncovered. I think the loneliness and the separating us from our, our families and our friends is a psychological tactic. I, I know that in cults, for example, removing people from their regular support groups is a tactic to weaken someone to, frankly, reprogram them. That's the language that they would use in a cult. So I think that you're so right. The, great, the greatest achievement of the convoy hasn't been to necessarily change any laws, but although that's happening. I think it's been to make people feel together again and that they're not the outlier or the crazy one the state is. That, what do you think of my thesis on, on loneliness and not being alone anymore? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. Uh, what we're seeing here is actually psychological warfare. That's what it is. People are being isolated. They're being ostracized. They're being, you know, called just about any name in the book. Um, the protests or anyone speaking up against this is, is being labeled with all kinds of isms. You know, I, I remember the, the tweet that Trudeau uh, posted. Uh, he, he called the, the truckers, um, I mean, 
every name in a book, anti-Semitic, uh, Islamophobia, anti-Black racism, homophobia, yeah. transphobia. But it has, it has nothing to do with any of that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just labeling it, uh, discrediting it. So people would, you know, maybe look at the truckers, at, you know, some anti-Democrats, which they are not. The only anti-Democrats uh, that I see are sitting in Canadian government. Mm -hmm. That's where the anti-Democrats are, you know? So I think it was it was a really important movement because um, I, I will have to say, you know, I mean, setting aside military coups, you know, tyrannies never start out with rounding up people and, you know, having them incarcerated in camps and what have you not, you know, once this is happening, then the totalitarian regime has been fully established. No, it starts with little things, seemingly inconsequential in the beginning, even rational steps, you know, first they're being ridiculed, you know, some people are getting ridiculed, they're getting ostracized. Um, you may, then you may see some restrictions like, you know, no, you're not allowed to sit on that bench over here. And you may have to, to sit in a specific area in, in a restaurant. It's a really nothing big in, in the beginning, but eventually, um, you're being denied participation uh, of social life altogether. And then government may even uh, pass legislation that requires a specific part of the people to fulfill some kind of requirement. So it's little steps, you know, and when you make people believe your opinion, you're a loner, you know, you're a small fringe minority, you know, people, well, they don't want to speak up with this. But let me tell you, um, any resistance in any totalitarian regime and any dictatorship, it always, per definition, starts out with a small fringe minority. But that is no reflection on the possible invalidity of their concerns. No, that is a reflection of people fearing government. Mm -hmm. That's the point. And so I, I should tell you that although Trudeau is name calling them fringe, uh, poll after poll says that 30, 40 or more percent of Canadians see themselves in, in the convoy. That's 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 not a fringe. But let me ask you this, if I may. I, I, I don't I shouldn't interrupt you. You were saying some very thoughtful things. I just want to know what the media coverage like is like in, in Germany, because in Canada, the legacy media, the corporate media has been almost uniformly critical and disparaging. They've really echoed those accusations of racism and sexism and whatever. Um, I think that the visual image of the trucker, truckers is more powerful than the angry, uh, you know, characterizations of them by the media. What's it like? Like when you read about it in, in your various German newspapers, um, are they as derisive or are they more objective? Well, no, you can't scratch uh, uh, objectivity here. Uh, of course, mainstream media over here does just what they're doing uh, over there in Canada. Um, it is a small minority. And, you know, of course, they showed all the pictures of, you know, possible violent outbursts that a swastika flag. Of course, you know, it was being flashed all through media, you know, day after day. Um, yeah, they're trying everything to discredit um, these people. And, um, of course, they're trying to frame it as, you know, if some anti-democrats that are trying to take down democracy and all of that. Um, but in reality, it's, you know, the truckers are the ones defending democracy. They're not there to take it down, you know. So, uh, no, it's the same deal over here. Um, it's also bad. And, and the truckers need to go home and all of this. So we, we have the same thing going on over here. Um, I think that the trucker rebellion is spreading. I've seen uh, a trucker convoy in Australia. I've heard about one in the Netherlands. Now there's a bridge between Canada and the United States, a very important bridge for trade. It's called the Ambassador Bridge. Um, so now America, I think, uh, is starting to be concerned about it. Have there been any echoes of this in Germany or... Um, have the lockdowns eased enough that there's no, I mean, maybe, maybe just, and that's two parts. Have there been any trucker convoys in Germany or, or elsewhere in Europe? And then I guess my, my last question would be, what is the state of the lockdowns over there? Maybe, maybe they're 
relaxing like they are in the UK. Let's start with that first one first. Are there any other trucker convoys in Europe? Um, there have been announcements of uh, some trucker convoys have uh, been made. Um, they're on their way. Uh, I was mistaken when I when I thought they were due to arrive here in Brussels on February 7th. They uh, actually do on, on the 14th, so that would be next week. Um, there is, there is yeah, movement going on and people all over, basically, and especially in the Western democracies, which is the irony of all of it, because, I mean, totalitarian countries, they, they are used to, to uh, these measures, but uh, people in Western democracies, they're beginning to realize what is going on. And um, yeah, I'm act I'm really glad that you know people are understanding what is going on. And yeah, it is the truckers and it started with the Canadian truckers. Mm. That's why I, really my utmost respect, you know, for the Canadian truckers, because they set a stone into rolling. And I'm not quite sure if they were, if they're going to be capable to stop it. Mm. But um, we really have to, to understand, you know, if you sleep in a democracy, you are bound to wake up in a dictatorship. Mm. That's just the fact. So, um, no, my thanks really go out to the Canadian truckers for their courage, their bravery, and of course the Canadian people supporting them. Yeah. And I know, of course, it's all been made illegal, you know, even standing in the streets and cheering and, and, and greeting them. I mean, how pathetic can yeah. a government get? You know, how pathetic can it get? Well, Trudeau so, is an answer to that question, that's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear your, your personal support, and I know the AFD, your party, is uh, a freedom-oriented party. What's it like in terms of pandemic rules in Germany? And you would be familiar with those around the European Union since you're a member right. of the European Parliament. For example, um, these truckers, one of their specific grievances is that they're not allowed to travel from Canada to the United States or back without a vaccine. This is a new thing. They've been able to travel for two years without one. Of course, Europe, the countries are smaller. It wouldn't be surprising if a truck would go, you know, through three, four, five different countries. Is there a vaccine mandate on truckers in Europe also? Uh, well, there is there isn't a, a mandate for for vaccination on truckers. What they did over here is, um, you know, come up with the so-called digital green uh, certificate, um, and it was enacted uh, last year, June. We voted. I, obviously, I did not vote for it, but the majority of the parliament did vote for it, uh, and it was the, the purpose actually was to facilitate travel within the European uh, uh, countries. Um, and the point was to, you know, to get the tourism uh, resort back on, on track because they have really been beaten down with this. Um, so that was the purpose. But this digital green certificate, um, it, it's like a vaccine passport. It's been now, you know, applies to whenever I want to go to a restaurant or, you know, to a shoe store or, uh, you know, get my hair cut. So it's actually been abused for other purposes than it was actually uh, put into place. And during my speech in June of last year, I already pointed out, this is gonna be something they will use to keep to, to strip citizens of their of their fundamental rights, and that's actually what we have been seeing. So, in terms of the uh, measurements going on over here, um, well, the European countries are you know kind of divided as far as that is concerned. Uh, you have countries that are opening up because it's just so utterly ridiculous to continue with this narrative. Um, but lo and behold, Germany, you know, great nation. Um, our Secretary of Health um, is absolutely convinced that then the next wave, you know, is, is so horrible, you know, there is going to be millions and millions of people dying once again. So um, he continues to push the, vac the vaccines and the mandatory vaccines on everyone. The problem we are having right now is that um, there is an imposed uh, vaccination mandate on uh, healthcare workers or, you know, uh, caregivers for, for the elder, uh, elderly people. And um, they're quitting their jobs. And up until now, the narrative was, well, we have a shortage in, you know, the, the, the medical health care workers because they're fed up 
with having to care, to give care to unvaccinated people. That was the narrative. You know, the shortage we were having is because they're fed up having to deal with unvaccinated patients. Hmm. And now it turns out, no, we have this <clears throat> this shortage because they do not want to get vaccinated. Well, and that's, that's the same thing know, we have finally, here. I mean, just uh, right. the healthcare system was damaged by the response to the pandemic more than it was damaged by the virus itself, I think. Exactly. Absolutely. So, but, you know, they keep pushing it over here in Germany. And uh, like I said, our secretary of health, he is, he is quite something. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, put out a tweet if he, uh, you know, checks under his bed every night, if there really aren't any monsters, you know, uh, regardless, there haven't been any in the last 58 years of his life, but you never know, you know, yeah. the next monster wave may be really, really bad. You know, he's, well, Quite I frankly, you, I could <laughs> I, I wish we had um, members of the Canadian Parliament who were so energetic and freedom-oriented as you and your AFD colleagues. Uh, and I thank you very much for joining us. I mean, I, obviously, we're across the ocean from you, so I know that it's not your job to talk to Canadian journalists. But I, I think it's very important for Canadians to know that our trucker rebellion is giving hope and inspiration to people around the world. And it's very. I was delighted when I saw you refer to it. So thanks for, for making the time for us right. today. When I, if I could just say, I, I will have to, to disagree with your last comment. It is my job to speak to everyone all over the world because uh, freedom, that is what we all want. So it doesn't matter whether it's Canadians or, or Germans or Italians or whoever. Freedom of the people, this is what we all want and this is what I fight for. So yes, I do consider it my job to speak to you. Well, that's beautifully put, and that's very generous, and uh, I appreciate your public spirit. Thank you very much, Christine Anderson from Alternative for Deutschland, a member of the European Parliament, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Right on. Take My care. Pleasure. All right, there you have it, Christine Anderson. Stay with us. More ahead. Welcome back. Your viewer feedback. Rick White says, I don't have a rich history of watching Trudeau clips, but uh, the man seemed genuinely frightened in his last presser. Could be. I mean, he's he's is a dramatic actor. You got to give him that. And he's good at never apologizing, never showing any self-doubt. Um, he's manipulative that way. I, whenever I think of him, I, I think of him as, you know, these... Um, these guys who are pickup artists, they write books on how to psychologically manipulate women to, to get a date. He, that, that's his chief skill, I think. He's manipulative like that, and he hides his true feelings. Um, so it's weird when that approach doesn't work. Like never, never apologize, never admit doing anything wrong, brazen it out. Um, I'm not sure if that's working now. Insult, project your own flaws on someone else. You wear blackface, call him racist. You sexually assaulted Rose Knight in Creston, B.C. Call that person the misogynist. Um, you're violating civil liberties. Say they're the violent ones. I, I just don't know if that's working now. And if you're losing a backbench MP, not even a backbencher, the head of his Quebec caucus, it's, it's not a backbencher. How many other people are rumbling behind the scenes? So, yeah, it was a rare moment where, where we actually saw his real face, not the mask that he wears. PA, 56PA says, I bet CBC is losing viewership and readership and seems desperate for their narrative is failing. I don't think they care about viewership or readership other than one viewer and reader, Justin Trudeau. That's where they get, they get their money from. For the Gospel says, honestly, the citizens of this country should crowdfund a lawsuit against CBC, have them account for their actions before court, have them account for why they're so biased to conservatives, which can be easily proven through the Freedom Convoy coverage. Yeah, but that's not a that's not a crime, that's not a tort, as they say. That's not that's not something you go to court over. I know the instinct, Sue. I mean, believe me, I, we do. But not everything will be solved in a court. By the way, if you think judges are conservative, uh, I I got some news for you. But even if you had a fair court. You don't want everything to be handled by judges. Certain things have to be left to the people in a democratic way. Um, you don't want a court to have the power to tell someone to report things in a certain way. It's just like whenever I object 
to people who say arrest Trudeau for treason. No, you, you don't want to start criminalizing political differences because you want these differences aired transparently and let the public decide. You don't want a judge to say that's an illegal thought or act. There are tr real crimes and prosecute a guy for that, but not, not for getting things wrong politically. And by the way, if you don't think that would be used on conservatives first, I think you're wrong. That's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. And let me leave you with an update from southern Alberta, where the RCMP are staring down the truckers. What brings you out here to Milk River, Alberta? I came here to stand up for freedom for our, my children and my grandchildren, and also in honor of my father, who was a 17-year-old, voluntarily went to World War II, survivor of Normandy and Dieppe, and he would want me to be standing up for our rights and our freedom. Adam Sos here for Rebel News with an urgent update. We now have confirmed reports that the RCMP have erected yet another barricade, another blockade of sorts, actually within Milk River. So you have Milk River, the most northerly town with a blockade in place. This blockade just outside of Milk River. And finally, the now fully blockaded Coots blockade, which has been blocked out by farmers. So it seems that this area here, this uh, blockade just outside of Milk River, is effectively blocked in for the time being uh, this apparently all in response to the fact that the Coots border has been blocked by farmers but indeed a troubling situation uh, we're not sure what exactly is going to come of this we're not sure if people can come in can go out but for the time being it seems we are very much locked down in no man's land so a familiar face jesse johnson of without papers pizza normally to be found in inglewood what are you doing down here now I'm normally to be found in the middle of a ditch in the prairies, huddled around a fire with all of my brothers and sisters who demand that all vaccine mandates in Alberta be rescinded immediately. <laughs> and what do you make of the fact no announcement from Jason Kenney today and we've just now learned mere moments ago that the farmers have once again closed the border and the blockade at Coots is in full effect. I think that uh, was exactly what I was expecting. Uh, I was uh, hoping that maybe some announcements would be made. I was at the border earlier, uh, and uh, we were all disappointed that uh, he was uh, unable to uh, give the message to the people who demand that uh, some answers be had. Um, so you mentioned you kind of take over the night shift and manage things so some of the guys can get a rest. No one can yes. be going 24 hours. What's that been like? What's the experience here? Oh, it's great. Everyone's smiling. They're happy, telling great stories. I just come down during the night. I'm a local in Lethbridge. I just come down during the night. So John and a couple of the other guys can lay their head down and just keep an eye on the fires, keep an eye on the officers and so on and so forth. And, but it's great. I met so many people, smiles, stories. I love it. Now, I, I don't know if you're aware, but with Jason Kenney not issuing a response, um, no answer coming from the government, they just closed the border again. Tractors did block off the road at Coots. I don't know if you're aware of that, but no, what do you think? What do you think of that? No, excellent. This is what we should do. We need to get this, the word out. People have to come down. I went to the local Safeway and I mentioned to people, have you guys been down to the border? And they're like, no, why would I go down there? But they're hearing stuff on social, on the main media saying that three cops got injured. I've been here every night since Wednesday. The cops come, they talk to us, they're civil, we talk to them, they tell us a joke, we tell them a joke, and I haven't seen or heard anything along those lines. But that's the word that I'm hearing in the town, and I suggest to them, just come out for an hour, walk around, say hello. Everyone here is more than happy to say hello, and it's great. I brought my child here, she loved it. She went, go get a drink, and when everybody was around the fire, they would move out of the way, let her come in. She had pockets full of ball, uh, bear paws and candies, and she had three Gatorades give to her. And she loved it. She loved the smile. She was playing with the kids, had playing in the mud like a kid does. No, I love it. Yeah, so uh, it's a real surprise to come down here. You, you hear of a protest, and you think there's going to be all this angst and, and anger and frustration. And, yet you're met with so many uh, men and women who are here realizing we got to fight again for our freedom, but we're fighting with 
peace we're fighting with coming together as a, as a number to say to the world, you know, this has got to stop. We need, we need to have a discussion. We need to be able to speak with our leaders. The oppression that we've been under for the last two years, this is giving vent to it. Now, how are we giving vent to it? We can smile at each other and have a conversation and talk and not be in fear of one another anymore, right? So, yeah, it's, it's just been a real eye-opener. It's like coming to a family reunion and realizing all these relatives you never met before. But for a common purpose, we got to fight for our freedom. we got to stand up for our freedom in a just way. And it's awful how it's being painted and portrayed around the world. I've lost respect to family members, my own son who's disowned me thinking that this is a that's a horrible thing what we're doing is this a horrible thing to be have gathered here of like-minded people for a common cause uh, for our freedom so we're uh, speaking to some folks here at the rcmp blockade um, i'm not sure if you're aware of this but uh given the lack of response from jason kenny um the boys down at the uh coots blockade Farmers have once again actually shut down the border. They're blocking the roads entirely due to the lack of response. What do you make of that? I think uh, it's the correct response. I think it's appropriate. I think no answer from our government uh, after there was a declared, there was going to be an announcement. I mean, what are we left with? Look at the circus. They shut it down. I mean, this is about human rights. It's not, it's not only civil rights. This is a human rights fight. And this is, this is, this is important. Everyone needs to be aware and, and come down. And it's about the guys on the other side of that line, that why we are here in the tip of the spear and how they were treated. And now they're treating guys the same in Ottawa. It's, it's inhumane and uh, we, need, we need to fight hard. We, we need to fight hard for this. We need to win this fight, so. So what brings you out here? What's your motivation for being here? We just want to stand up with the rights of every Canadian out here and and just keep the fight going and, and make some change. Get some proper media coverage for what's happening to Ottawa and to here. And just keep the vibe going. It's, it's a very friendly, loving, it's a, it's a great atmosphere. There's no, no problems at all. Now, what do you make of sort of some of the media narratives out there, all the way from the media to the Prime Minister of the country, trying to categorize a violent movement, a racist movement, or a hateful movement? Have you seen any of that? No, not at all. Actually, the, on the contrary, we've seen nothing but love Canada coming together. I've never been so proud to be a Canadian before in my life. It's it's a once in a lifetime experience. I I think everyone needs to experience this. It's great for Canada. So maybe tell us about what what your role is. Everyone's kind of taking on roles down here at the camp. What are you doing to keep this uh, movement going? Well, I guess I've taken probably a little bit of leadership role. It started off as I'm the coffee guy and I was organizing the food. And uh, but it was, it's a it's a movement that built so fast, and I and I just seen a need, and and it's something I could do. So I I just doing what I can do. It's it's something I can handle, and I just do my best. <laughs> That's awesome. That's all we can ask. What has the mood been like? Are people friendly? Are people happy? Are the lies out there from the media saying that people are angry and violent here? Are there any truth to that, or what have you seen? Well, at 7.30 in the morning when the coffee's not ready, I got some angry protesters. <laughs> Other than that, the mood is 100%. Yeah, the coffee, the coffee's great, but when they're waiting, boy, I tell you. Uh, but no, it's, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Everyone's offered to help. Like, I'm, I don't think I've made a pot of coffee today or yesterday. The guys do it for me now. And uh, so things like that. Yeah, anything I need, I've got my mic now. I... I say something and I got 10 guys moving and, and, and they're happy, they're, they're here, they want to be here and they want to be here for the purpose. So if you could just tell us what brings you out here to Milk River, Alberta? I came here to stand up for freedom for our, my children and my grandchildren and also in honor of my father who was a 17 year old, voluntarily went to World War II, survivor of Normandy and Dieppe and he would want me to be standing up for our rights and our freedom. So where are you guys coming down from? You just arrived tonight. Where are you coming from? Edmonton. Or, well, we went from Edmonton to Calgary to Oaks and then Awesome, yeah, awesome. And so you were attending some of the other protests. What's the vibe like? Lots of the media out there is saying that these are violent people and they're angry people and they're extremists. What have you seen? Oh, people are so happy. Like, we're just, it's like a big party, you know? We're all just hanging out. People are so nice and kind and uh, just some of the best people that I've seen, really. It's, 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 it's
even the police officer on her way in, there's a little check stop, and uh, the police officer said, yeah, it's been pretty peaceful, pretty quiet, so that's really nice. Other than the happiness and the sounds of cheering, there hasn't been much other noise. Honking as well, yeah. Well, after the truckers proceeded to make one heck of a lot of noise standing up for their freedoms and standing against vaccine mandates, the RCMP, who have now established, as I mentioned, a secondary blockade in Milk River, have indicated that there would be no more negotiations or conversations tonight whatsoever. People would be allowed to leave, but absolutely no one would be allowed to come in. So it seems for the night anyways, the situation has culminated in a bit of a stalemate. Uh, moods are still high among the protesters here who are eating brisket, standing around fires, singing songs together, and once again, they insist that they are here for the long haul. We will be back at it tomorrow once again, of course, covering this story like no one else in the world. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. For Rebel News, I'm Adam Sos. Well, good news, everybody. Rebel News has decided to help us out with lawyer fees which we really appreciate. Thank you guys. Ezra Levant just uh, gave us a call and said that uh, whatever fees wasn't covered by Trucker, uh, what's the website there? TrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTrucklyTruckly